Welcome to Teaching Brute. Today, we are going to break down a few misconceptions that some people have. Yep, we're going to talk about um, kind of what specialist teachers wish generalists or homeroom teachers uh, knew. And by the way, we're talking mostly primary elementary here. We're not because yep. almost every teacher as of middle school is a specialist teacher. Yep. So we're, so we're kind of, we're kind sorry of guys, we're that. not talking to you guys right now. Though we might be, depending if, it, if the shoe fits. Yep. But what we are addressing mostly K through six ish, K through five, depending on what school you're at. Um, and we're talking. We sent out a survey to generalist and specialist teachers a few weeks back and asked them about misconceptions and things they wished the other side knew. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got about seventy-five responses, uh, most of which were from specialist teachers. So bear in mind, classroom we, teachers, where were you? But. Also bear in mind, we are not expressing our opinions in this. Absolutely not. These will be... This is all the what's coming directly from our survey. Yeah, we're giving you kind of a summary and sometimes the occasional quote. We don't know who these quotes were from. These were anonymous surveys. Um, people felt like they could be more honest that way. So mm-hmm. we did. So we're talking to the idea of what specialists wish homeroom teachers knew and the lesser degree what uh, homeroom teachers wish specialists knew. I am a homeroom teacher. I will not be talking to my own personal experiences as I don't feel it's fair. Um, and I'm a specialist teacher. And I've taught, well, a little bit of homeroom stuff when I was subbing back yep. in the day. So I've got a little bit of an inkling. And of course, I've got several classroom teacher friends. But one of the things that we noticed in this was that there were a lot of similarities, not just around the globe, but then they really got very prominent when you were comparing just within a single region. Yeah. Um, the other thing we're noticing is that there is a big difference between what a specialist looks like in different parts of the globe and in different types of schools. Yeah. If you're at a private or international school somewhere in the world, chances are your specialist is a real specialist and it's a prep time for the homeroom teacher. And most schools that I've taught at in my 12 years, uh, the specialist teacher is a time for the for the homeroom teacher to prep, etc. So music is a separate time where the classroom teacher, where the homeroom teacher does not see the student, does not mm-hmm. see the kid, art, etc. But if you're back in North America, the UK, Australia, the United States, um, I'm talking about more Western style learning environments. Typically, you would have music and or art either done far less or done by the homeroom teacher. I've seen schools where even mm-hmm. PE is yep. done by their homeroom teacher and their PE specialists. Hey, when I was in school, back in the day, mm. my classroom teacher did everything except for library. And it was only because my school was big enough that we qualified to have a librarian. Now, I know that back in my home, PE is still done as a separate subject area. Music is still done as, as a separate subject area. But as far as I understand it, art is taught by the homeroom teacher. Which clarifying, yeah. thank Goodness, I'm not doing that. I am not an artist. Um, uh, if things are changing, though, and I know when I went and got my degree, there's actually quite a few elementary music teachers now, and there are more and more districts across North America that are hiring on specialist teachers um, to teach specific um, artistic 
or physical education or library or sometimes they're actually even starting to streamline the maths and science and languages. Yep, yeah, and the hope is that where STEM recently became, past few years became STEAM and incorporated the arts in it, there's a hope that they'll be recognized as more of a specialist area and not being able to be done by and just about anyone. Mm -hmm. So hopefully we will see the arts as being more of a specialist area. So with our questions, our first question is, what is something you feel the other teachers, so whether you were a classroom teacher about the specialist or the specialist teacher about the classroom, do not understand about your role? And honestly, I could, uh, going through all of these, I was able to sum up almost all of them and say, there's a breakdown in communication happening here. Yeah, big time. That was the thing we noticed was that and, th and that, was the, that was the underlying cause for most of the comments. Mm -hmm. A lot of the comments ranged from, you don't realize that I have standards to teach like homeroom teachers do. Bear in mind, we're not turning this into a mm, session. We're no. turning this into a just, this is honest feedback people we're giving us. So we're not yeah. saying this is right or wrong. We're simply saying this is what is being said. Yes. So the, commu like, the communication was huge because people are saying, oh, people need to realize that home, home teachers need to know that it's not just for fun. Or it's not just we come in and we play music, or we come in and we use colors, or we come in and just run around the clock, run around a gym. Yeah. No, it's actually curriculum driven. Yep. There are standards to hit. Yep. It's busy. Yep. And there's a lot of setup and tear down between classes. Oh yeah. And if that was if communication was done and positive intent assumed by all parties, not one or the other, this wouldn't be a problem. It's so true. Uh, you know, there's times when you've had a kid who loses a week of school yeah like they've lost a week of school they've lost classroom time they've lost specialist time they're behind in everything that means that it's going to take everybody working together to get that kid caught up yeah and i'm going to say um one of the things that i do is when i've finished a marking session i make sure to email out my teachers to say hey guys i'm done all of my assessments if you need to pull kids, these next two weeks is a great time to do it. Yeah. And that gives them the flexibility to be able to say, you know what? This kid's been out for two weeks. I'm going to take them from this class and that class so that I can do some private reading with them and get them caught up. Yeah. Or I get the whole, I've also had it where they're like, you know what? We're good. Fine. Lessons continue as normal. Yep. And I think, and I think both work. Um, I think it's that, communication. Yeah, it's all about communication. It's all about this idea that both areas are academically valid. Both areas look different, despite that. Mm -hmm. And neither is just like to so the homeroom teacher. It's not just a prep time. It's a time where the kids are still learning, and they're picking up valuable information. It's a different type of information, but it is information. Yeah. Um, other thing to realize is that a lot of times specialists don't get a lot of downtime. Uh, there isn't a set number of preps per day, depending on how it goes. Some days there may be a lot. Some days there may be almost none because of the way schedules work with specialists. Absolutely. And my Fridays for a couple of years, I was teaching eight out of nine periods. And my prep time on a Friday was first thing in the morning. So it's kind of like I could set everything up and then I went right through... Yeah. Until the last bus left. And certain specialists have an increased... Uh, they, they need more time between lessons. If you're an art teacher and you're working with paints or clay or special materials at the time, you're going to need those 10 minutes 
to set up. And I think homeroom teachers need to realize that is that yes, they do. Exp- the lessons are expected to start and end on time. Mm-hmm. But homeroom teachers need prep need that switch around time. The difference is they do it with the kids in the room most often than not. There is yeah. that period of grace, but it's not like that time is used to get a coffee. No. That time is used to transition and switch out, especially if you're switching grade levels. Oh. So if you've got a grade three class coming in for art, and at that point in time they're doing color, mm-hmm. and then fifth grade is doing perspective, you might have to totally switch around the equipment in the room yep. in a very short period of time. So just understanding that there's a positive intent and there's respect and there's communication given. Um, the other thing we noticed about communication was into the idea of um, actions regarding student behavior. Mm. There is a lot of breakdown between the different, like the homeroom teacher's style of doing things and the specialist's style of doing things or the lack of communication if you have certain students on certain behavior plans or other students that are like the reliable ones in the room that should be in charge of another student or helping out another student. That sort of stuff isn't communicated nearly enough. No, it's very true. I've got to say that's, um, you know, go back to our episode on responsive classroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously. It really does help with the communication between your specialist teacher and your classroom teacher. Yeah. This year for the first time, I started receiving messages from um, a homeroom teacher telling me when students were going to be leaving early that day or yeah. were going to be absent. And I had never received those before. And I messaged them back. I'm like, Wow. Thank you so much for sending this to me. This actually, you know, sometimes it doesn't affect me at all, but sometimes it matters. And this year I coordinated with another specialist teacher in the in the um, in the school on a behavior plan for a child. Mm. And that was a very good thing because the child needed it. Yeah. So it worked out well. And it could also be something where your little angel in your classroom with you've got a lot of structure becomes a Tasmanian devil when they get to my classroom because there's not enough structure. Mm, possible, yeah. Uh, the other thing to realize is that the specialist teacher is going to be adapting to most teachers in the building's plans. So the specialist teacher needs to have a great deal of flexibility in pla- different plans for different classrooms and recognizing that certain kids are used to certain signals mm-hmm. that the homeroom teacher uses versus yours. So it may take a minute or two for them to switch into that style and switch out of it. Or if you're good with the communication, maybe it's the same style. Again, check out that responsive classroom episode. Yeah, communication is a big deal. Um, so communication is the biggest one. All of it, it all of it boiled down to communication. Like it on, does. On, on, all the, all, all, on all ends of things. Um, Every time somebody isn't feeling respected by something, it's usually because there's been a breakdown in communication somewhere. Yeah, and then someone assumes a negative intention versus assuming a positive intention. If you ever do adaptive schools, by the way, phenomenal program, go do it. Um, it will teach you about one of the seven norms of collaboration being assuming positive intent. Yes. Towards, this one talks about more so about meetings, but it does talk about, but you can relate it to this as well. I mean, it's not just that. I know that... Um, Music teachers do a lot of concerts that are outside the school day. Um, phys ed teachers often coach teams, which is outside the sports day. And they will ask classroom teachers to come and support those programs. Yeah. They're trying to do their best for their kids. That's stuff that they do outside of classes. Classroom teachers are taking home buckets of marking. Buckets and buckets of marking. Yeah. Um, you know, and they're doing that for their teachers. So being able to have that understanding that the planning looks a little bit different and the, um, 
marking and assessments look a little bit different, but everybody's working for their kids. Yes, and that is the thing. Everyone is wanting the best for the kids in their specific area. The other thing that we saw every now and again wasn't as thick in the survey was mentioned every now and again was cross-curricular work, mm. uh, which, again, is a communication thing. Yeah. Uh, but this one is more, and, and this time it grows more into collaboration. Um, how can you align and create units, preferably done months in advance, that show how the two or how various subjects work together? Is there a music unit that can be incorporated with some of the aspects of math, of language arts? Yep. You know, it's... Um, there's a lot of schools in the world that are doing a program called Writer's Workshop. Yes. Out of Columbia, I think. Uh, yeah, I, we do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of discovered this on my own through just being in the staff room chatting with teachers. And I was asking them about the process that they go through with this Writer's Workshop thing. Yeah. Because it seemed to be that a lot of the staff PDs were focused on writer's workshop. And quite often I would be sitting there going, and how does this apply to me in my classroom? Again, it's being positive intent. Um, and, you know, sometimes the principal would be like, yeah, it doesn't really apply to you at all. Go and do some work elsewhere. And sometimes they'd be like, well, I'm not quite sure, but you need to sit on, on it because it's for everybody. And once I started looking into it a little bit and talking with the classroom teachers, I realized that the writing process that you guys go through is very similar to the composition process that I go through. Yep. Writing music, writing words, language, like they're both languages. There's ways that I could be collaborating with those teachers. And there is a lot of resources out there. I mean, seriously, type in uh, interdisciplinary learning, type mm -hmm. in collaborative learning, type in, you know, PYP, for goodness sakes, tries to blend subject areas as much as possible. Yep. We recognize that some, some topics in some subject areas are often hard to blend in. Can be. Yeah. Uh, math's default is problem solving, um, but there are certain certain art, art aspects of math that work real well. Geometry, measurement, um, stuff like that. these soft skills, as we call them, like problem solving, like every single subject has those. Yeah, no, your PE teacher has problem solving, your music teacher has problem solving, yeah. your art teacher has problem solving. So it's just a matter of work, ha being deliberate and intentional about how you blend these things mm -hmm. together. Um, and I think if you did that with a specialist teacher, then you would find, number one, your communication would improve. Number two, the relationship would improve, not just at a social level, but at a professional level. And yeah. number three, you'd come to understandings about a subject area that you might completely understand and respect. Um, and we understand, also understand that if you're in certain countries, you may have more subspecialist areas than others. Uh, if yeah. you're in a foreign country, you may have the language of that country as a subject area, and thus there might be additional specialists to work with. So but it's still good to work with them. It is. Um, one of the other questions we had on here, moving on slightly, is how could teachers show you support or make you feel valued as a team member? Again, classroom teacher or specialist teacher. And again, it really comes down to communication, yeah. presuming positive intentions, giving each other some grace. Yep. Um, One of the ones we saw sometimes was making sure you're on time for specialists. That has to do with respecting each other's time. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to be there on time, you're, you're respecting the specialist teacher's time. If you're going to be late picking your kids up, you're not respecting that 10-minute transition time because that special teacher has to wait with those kids. 
So being there on time, mm-hmm. often a minute early. Arriving on time, pick them up, often a minute early. Staying in the room every now and again to see what they're doing. Ooh. If you've got the time, I know. I know. But, 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 I mean, I have to say, I love having teachers stay and see what we're working on. But I also understand it's like you now have your 30 minutes or 40 minutes. Get that photocopying done. Try and get a couple books marked. Got to get this done. And so, yes, I do understand. I see both sides of that one. Yeah, yeah. So there are days when I've got teachers who literally do a drop and run. Like we've got eye contact from the far end of the hallway. It's like they're yours. Yeah. Okay. I'm out. Yeah. But grace given. But if you're at a lower down, uh, kind of a more downtime of the year, which they do occur, Mm -hmm. uh, the specialist teacher could come to the homeroom teacher and see what they're doing and vice versa. Absolutely. Because the funny thing is when we did send the survey out, even though there was very few homeroom teachers that responded, it was all common. The, the, the responses, all, yeah. you just flip the word specialist for homeroom and you end up getting pretty much the exact same responses. True. And that whole timing thing, being on time, I mean, that goes for the specialist teachers too. Yeah. It, be done on time. Be done on time. Send Have the kids back up. on time if they come back on their own. Yeah. Like, And if you need to hold them for a certain reason, let us know. Oh, yeah. But, I, but admittedly, total grace given. Like, understandable. If I have to hold a kid a little bit later... Mm-hmm. I'll let you know. Yep. It is, it's something we've got our own staff WhatsApp group. And every once in a while, hand up. I forget to look at the clock, lose track of time. We're like into something. And then I look up and I'm like, oh my goodness, we have two minutes to get everything cleaned up. And you guys have another lesson starting in one minute. Like, and I'm on there going, you know what? Sorry, grade five is late today. It's my fault. Yep. I, so just own it. Own it. Totally. Yep. Every once in a while, it's there for all, but... Yep. So in a nutshell, open your communication, respect mm-hmm. each other, and understand that everyone has a job to do and a role to do in the school, and it's all part of the community and all part of each child's learning. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that your idea for dropping into each other's classrooms is probably the best way to get all of that started. Yeah. Um, check out the whole pineapple pineapple chart classrooms where teachers can say hey you know what you want to drop in this week here's some good lessons to come and watch it goes both ways yeah and administrators you know they can say you know what i'm going to take one class a week so you can go and observe somebody else's class exactly so try and do those things yes all right folks that's all for this week we will see you next week couple weeks couple weeks have a great week guys bye